The time is 6.27 p.m. Okay, so um, in that case, um, welcome to the Pompey Politics Podcast. Blue and yellow till we die. I am in Tiny Morris. And I'm Simon Sansbury. Okay, so here we are, episode 30, day, 30 indeed. S- day 7 of the lockdown, Simon and Ian are streaming live from a socially distanced internet call. That didn't really work, did it? Good Lord. I know. That was, that was, that was the best Greek, Welsh, Pakistani accent I've ever heard in my life, old chum. Easy. And we, we potentially, uh, there, there is another presenter, so you may well see um, Enid Blyton, my small stripy cat, who has decided that she wants five minutes of fame. I'm not sure which political party she represents. So it's, um, yeah, we will see what she brings. Well, it's been a week in politics, hasn't it? Well, um, well, it has. It's been a week like um, unlike any other week, really, because, um, well, there's all sorts of weird stuff going on. So it's, um, yeah, it's it, it's strange. It's been the first full week of um, of the schools being closed, except to um, except to provide cover for the uh, for the children of key workers that couldn't um, that couldn't have their kids looked after any any other way. Um, and that was why we had Susie Horton on last week and she gave us some, yep. some good, in, some great insight on that. But yeah, this week it's been the first week of us, um, trying to get used to, um, not going out except for certainly prescriptive reasons, which were to get food or medicines or to look after someone vulnerable or to, or to go for one exercise a day. Indeed, and uh, we've been been out and about with my dog, and uh, we had our surreal not bumping into each other, bumping into each other. Uh, for those that don't know, we live on the uh, on the same estate, and uh, I think it was Thursday. I was taking my constitutional with my guide dog, and uh, Simon and I then enjoyed a cosy chat either side of the road, <laughs> whilst maintaining a good. I reckon, I reckon there was probably a good three and a half meters there, rather than the standard two. I, well, I think there. Uh, well, it was the width of a, of the side of the of the side road that is Dovercourt Road. So to be fair, I think yep. it was considerably more than 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 three meters, possibly closer to six. But um, do you know what? I I didn't have anything with which to measure it. Nope. Um, but yeah, I was just coming back actually from the um from the corner shop actually having got some vital supplies, and there was this um big lump with a great big dog lumbering towards me. So I thought I'd cross the road. How rude! How rude! And it's interesting because you know one of the challenges of, of being a, a visually impaired person is the obviously you can't see when people are within six feet of you, and you know those of you that are enjoying my face on video will know that that, that potentially is my best weapon is to look just faintly mean and unpleasant all the time. But my hair's a mess. It's so long I could plait it. So uh, I think we're going to have to go for the home clippers look this week to try and uh, get that into some semblance of order but in the grand scheme of things you know all is potentially well in our world um the social distancing seems to be being finally respected um and it almost feels like we've just got to fold our arms and wait a bit at the moment uh yeah i mean last weekend obviously people seem to there seem to be a bit more of a oh let's take this as a holiday and go down to the park kind of um um, kind of vibe going on um but people that i think whether that's just because the message has been um has been said kind of again but a bit sterner um whether there's been some clarity over the week so there were some things that were kind of un- unclear that people then asked for some clarity on some of which had to have new clarity on because the position that was explained was slightly different um or whether it's just that people have you know just kind of got used to it people need to i think sometimes people need a bit of time don't they to get used to uh to get used to that sort of change but um the supermarkets by and large seem to be um of uh, you know a lot of them have have got um they're only letting a certain number of people in at a time um and they're, yep. they're marked out to kind of um uh to try and encourage people to maintain their distance i mean sadly that not everybody still does but 
um you know that's that's the kind of thing so yeah here we are here we are on a on a sunday on a sunday evening we had a list of um subjects that we thought would be good to sorry excuse me that we thought would be good to talk about um can someone shout out if they're actually if the stream is actually working because i'm convinced that it hasn't it, it's actually fallen over cuz i can't see that it's streaming anymore <laughs> oh, oh so so that's oh, wow. kind of baffling i mean zoom is telling me that it's live on facebook but facebook yeah. isn't telling me that it's that it's still working so um susie horton has actually just joined us to listen so um on facebook or on zoom on facebook Oh. Ah, yes, she's saying yes in the messages. Thank you, so thank you, Susie. Thank you. You can you can continue with your with your jigsaw. Apparently, that's the thing that were that um someone else told me this week that um people were were panic buying was um oh and why didn't I put myself on do not disturb? Yep. Um, sorry, that was my daughter messaging me. Um, so uh, yeah, so. <laughs> Us getting used, kind of used to it a bit, I think, is kind of the thing. But there have, you know, unfortunately been some developments this week. But we had some list of subjects. We wanted to invite people to either dial in and comment to talk about those particular things. Um, but if people weren't going to deluge us with that, then we could we could just talk through them ourselves, I guess. We Shall kick we? Them about? Should we yeah, kind of kick them, kick them about a bit? So, so number one on our list was um so the, the, these kind of questions kind of fell out of of a conversation that took place on a on the Pompey politics sorry the Portsmouth politics facebook group um where um where someone asked the question and I forget their name so I'm just going to go back and check that because I should call them out so John Ellerton asked the question to the um to the group as the you know are, is it a, is it a right thing for kind of people seemingly to be trying to score political points and is this the um is this kind of the right sort of time to 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 have a kind of blame game and ian and i we we, well, we kind of kicked around some kind of thoughts as to mm. as to as to what our thoughts on that where, where did you come in on 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 that thought so the, the difficulty is with the, the the balance at the moment in terms of point scoring is that uh, you know, it's the balance between, you know, there are people who say, well, you know, we need to hold the government to account at this time. And, it, you know, it's absolutely right. And we shouldn't be in a position where we simply just accept everything that the government is doing is correct. But the balance for me is, you know, I, I look at it, you know, for me through, through kind of two different lenses, which is that is it just a case of are you sat on the sideline with a little bit of knowledge eating popcorn and saying, wouldn't have done that if I were you? Or, you know, the bit that I, I think so really grinds my gears is, oh, you've missed a bit. So, you know, there's an unprecedented level of support being put out for working people, for people who've been laid off, for self-employed people. And then somebody will come in with, yeah, but if you're a you know, if you're a self-employed yak tamer earning between 48,974 quid and 49,652 quid, well, there's very little for you there, isn't there? They haven't thought of those people. And that's where I just want to tear my hair out because it's that... I think someone beat you to it, mate. Yeah, well, no, not the way I am at the moment. It's it's wigtastic. But it's just the case of, oh, well done you. Haven't you been clever to point out that the you know, the the point zero one percent of people who, you know, there isn't help there for. So the question is, is that helpful? You know, and, and then I think the second question for me in terms of challenging is are you just looking to spread fear? Because I don't think that's helpful for anybody's mental health at the moment. You know, we are in an unprecedented time. Nobody in their lifetime has experienced anything like this. And the, the 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 government's got it wrong. The government's got it wrong. The government should have done this. No more people have died than they need to. Look, the government's got it wrong. It's got it wrong. It's got it wrong. It just shut your noise is my advice at that point, because you don't know whether the government's got it right or wrong. The government doesn't know whether it's got it right or wrong, but they're following the advice of the chief medical officer before he went poorly, and let's hope he gets better soon, and the chief scientific advisor, and it's absolutely right. So I'm monologuing here that people are absolutely cheering on our NHS staff and saying how wonderful they are. But those same people 
are pointing at the teams of the chief medical officer and the chief scientific advisor and saying, yeah, they got it wrong. Country X over here or country Y over there, they're doing it much better than we are. Well, you can't have it both ways, kids. Either you're going to support the NHS staff and those people are they, or you know better. I'm going to shut up now because I've ranted a bit. <laughs> okay, no, well, I, I thought I'd kind of um, give you a chance to, to get that out because it's annoying. Like, when like, I... the blue, like the blue touch paper and stand well back. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm, well, I'm, I'm at a safe distance, quite literally. Well, so, um, <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Um, see, the, the, the thing for me is my, my observation, my observation is, is this, and I've been on a bit of a journey on, on this um, over, the last, over the last week, but I think probably everybody's... Um, Every, everybody at the end of the day everybody's entitled to an opinion everybody's entitled to change their mind yep. um so i if i'm honest what my observation is that we have on one end of the spectrum we have people that will quite happily for whatever reason um be willing to accept anything and everything the government say and do at this point because we're yep. in a crisis okay that that's one extreme right um with Absolutely, without question, um, without second thought, this is what they're telling me to do, so I, so I must do it. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, you've got people that are, are, are diametrically the opposite. We've got people that will be unhappy with whatever the government say and do, regardless yep. whatever it is that they, they say and do. Um, and being the centrist that I am, I guess I sit somewhere logically in the middle, which is that... Um, I think there are some things where um, it is it is right for us to ask the question and to understand because if, if for anything else other than just simply for the fact that there's a lot of things happening in a very short space of time, the people making these changes or the people um, trying to spin these activities up. Mm-hmm. are not perfect and they may not have thought of so there might be something that they've they've missed there might be something that they've not thought of so there's a difference between standing there and pointing and saying you're rubbish and yep. saying have we thought about this or have we thought about using this tool or have we thought about working with this organization and i think there's although that is questioning the government and holding them to account it's an assistive way rather than a critical uh, way and and i think one of the key points there is 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 it great to ask the question and, you know, I, I saw this, um, I, I digress slightly, but I was at a stakeholder event for the organization I was working for. And mm-hmm. somebody asked a question of the CEO about how we were going to do something. And he gave a perfectly reasonable and accurate and truthful reply. And the person folded their arms and said, well, I don't believe you. Well, okay. How do you want me to respond to that? Because there's nowhere left to go. And I think that's where, you know, when we talk about the, the, you know, the question of the government, absolutely legitimate. But when the government comes back and says, yes, thank you, our experts have looked at that and we don't believe that that's the way to go. At that point, just folding your arms and saying, well, I don't believe you or, well, you would say that, wouldn't you? Well, it's, it's kind of helped nobody, is it? Or, or, you know, it just fuels the fire of of look, 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 look. They're getting it wrong. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess it, it's a difficult. It's, it's a, I can I can understand that it's a difficult line to tread. Um, I I just think that it. I don't I don't think that either. Um, um, forgive me for using the. Um, the colourful language, and I don't. I don't think that blindly following everything that the government does is terribly useful because they, you know, because at the end of the day, because they are human, and you know, they're not. Although they're obviously they're listening yeah. to lots of experts, and they've got lots of people that know what they're doing, dealing with these things. It is possible, you know. Any, you know, government government isn't perfect, and the, and to be fair, conservatives are probably the people that, in any normal circumstance, would be the, precisely the ones to make that argument because that you know their belief is 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 that other organizations than government actually are much more effective at delivering things um but for you know for different reasons but nonetheless at the end of the day government isn't perfect so it's right to kind of challenge it and i just don't i i just think i i'm almost kind of if i'm honest i'm almost getting annoyed because with some of the some of the rhetoric that i see online is um 
it, it, you know, if I'm honest, I don't understand. I, I don't understand, and that might just be not me. To be honest, I'm not seeing the things they're seeing. So at the end of the day, I don't get to. I, just because I don't understand it doesn't mean that what they're doing is wrong. It, I'm just being mm. honest and saying I don't understand that or I don't know that that's the right thing to do. Is me saying I don't know that that's the right thing to do. It's not me saying I know that they're wrong because A, yeah. I don't know what they're thinking because nobody else knows what they're thinking, even if they've got the same bloody advice. Does They're not mind readers. Um, and, and just from the kind of point of, does it help? to kind to call certain members of the government genocidal maniacs does it does it help um and it and it doesn't and this is where for me you, you are going to have pockets of people for whom that is just going to pour petrol on the fire of their fear you know and and if we look at social media over the last probably over the last two or three years you know, we, we touched on it on our fake news, the, the, the number of times a story gets posted about. And sometimes for me, it, it's, it's much more about trying to ascribe a motive for what's being done. And that's the bit which is, you know, oh, oh well, I know why they're doing that. Well, do you? Yeah, I, 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 and I, 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 the thing I struggle with at the moment is that because some of the things that that is mixed up in that sort of language is actually a point worth exploring. I've mm-hmm. lost you. So are you still there? Are you all right? I am. I am still here. No, that's fine. I might. I'm, I. I think we've lost video. I had a little thing flag up that said my bandwidth okay. was low. That's okay. Well, my my. <laughs> my bandwidth is low. That's that's not something that anyone's ever said to me before. Um. So. Um. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. But in the same time, when you when you kind of look at um, uh, when you look at uh, people like people that you know, for example, um, I got into a perhaps a little bit energized Facebook conversation with some with someone this afternoon, um, where um, their kind of the, the angle that they were looking at this was, well, the EU aren't helping us. Um, which wasn't actually the topic of conversation that we'd, we'd actually had at, at, had at the time. Mm. As much as I'm annoyed by that, because to be blunt, this isn't the you know the, this isn't about Brexit for crying out loud. Um, nope. And you know the UK didn't you know didn't choose to join in with the schemes that the EU was running about procurement etc. And that was one of our one of our questions anyway. So um, yeah, so we I- kind of talked about that. But it, but for me, the conversely to that, the other thing that's also has annoyed me was has been i've seen elsewhere people saying um well it you know this all goes to pot it will it will further the argument for rejoin i was like what the hell are you what the heck is wrong with you what what's, what's yeah what's no, uh, sort of what's yeah you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really you know and i just kind of really there are the countries like in a literally in a crisis um yep. you know our, our nhs is is um struggling to to deal with it and and a, all sorts of issues about logistics and about resourcing yep. and all sorts of questions around around that but at the end of it this is really this is not the bloody time for that please wind that yeah. in this this you know and this and this is from someone that was you know was a you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of the a fan of the EU, but at the end of the day, this is not the point. My question about the uh, about the the kind of why I poke about the about the issue about the EU wide procurement thing, which is our second question. But as I've yeah, kind of mentioned, but, but, so, it, but it's not about whether we, you know. It's not about the argument of whether we should or shouldn't be in the EU. It's about the question of, for me, how is it? that what the government are telling us or certain different parts of the government are telling the press is yep. contradictory. That, that that just doesn't make sense. Either we miss the email. If we if we miss the email, how come Matt Hancock on the 5th of, 5th of March um, said on question time that he wanted to be in it? And how come two different um, spokespersons for number 10 said, said, you know, the first response was, well, of course we're not in it. We're not in the EU. Um, and, you know, the, the second person, oh, well, we missed the email. We kind of, you know, they got cult in our spam filter. But it, yeah. it's just kind of like, look, guys, yeah. it's a messy situation. So, There's going to be mess, but let's at least be honest about, let's at least kind of say, do you know what, what we said then isn't, because it just, it, it just kind of looks like you're, you're Muppets and you don't, you either don't know what you're doing, but well, I don't believe it's a, an ideological decision of 
they decided we're not, you know, Brexit comes first before people's breathing, which is the other thing. That yeah. I'm... No, and and again, so I, I mused on this. Um, as you know, you've been involved in project management yourself, uh, as have I, and 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 it's interesting that if I was the decision maker, and I haven't got all the facts in front of me, I would have actively decided not to be part of that bid. And okay. people might say, well, you're mad. Well, for me, if I look at it, the old three dimensions of project management is time, cost, quality. Now, at the moment, the one thing that almost doesn't matter is cost. So gathering together to make a big procurement bid, in theory, is only going to save you a few quid. And I know this is cynical, and I don't think that they, you know, anybody would be price gouging at the moment. But if you and I were ventilator manufacturers... One of the things we don't have to do at the moment is discount our product to sell it. Well, no. So I kind of looked at it through the lens of, well, I, I'm not sure I'd be looking to get into a large-scale agglomeration with a number of other entities to purchase, to do a block purchase, because I actually think that that would be you know, and again, I've worked in procurement. I, I don't think that would be the most agile way to get that kind of stock into the country in, in the fastest possible way. Now, that isn't an answer that's come back from the government at all. No. And as you say, there have been mixed messages. But I guess there's an element of some departments would have got the memo. And this is me speculating and mm -hmm. thought we should be in on that. Other departments have got the memo and stuck it in the spam folder or didn't get the memo. And there's every chance that Department A thinks we're going to climb in for the bid and Department B says, we well, we don't want to touch that with a stick. And then effectively, you know, a story breaks on, you know, on social media as these things do. And then, as you say, you've got the situation where somebody fires an off-the-cuff, well, we're not in the EU. And, and, and that's seen this, as an anti, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, and that for the people who, you know, to your your acquaintance who is, well, this would be the ideal time to launch the rejoin campaign. If that's where your headspace is, you're going to be bouncing up and down, screaming, look, 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 look. They're only doing it because they're outside the EU. This is the madness that these people voted for. If you're the department that's dropped the ball and, and we really did want to be part of it, well, you're going to be hiding somewhere in a cupboard, aren't you? And and so you get this sort of whole, you know, this whole kind of, you know, noise around it where there isn't one clear message from government. Um, yeah, and and as I say, from my perspective, I wouldn't have touched it with a stick. Yeah, I, I can kind of. By the way, you're you you've dropped right to the bottom of your image again. I don't know whether you're leaning back have in I? your chair, but I've literally just got there. How's just, how, how's just that? Above your chin upwards. Shall I, shall I stare earnestly no, into that's the camera? A bit better. Um, we've got. Um, <laughs> hopefully he can hear us. We've got Malcolm Hughes has actually joined us actually on the via the the Zoom method of kind of joining us. So Brilliant. Um, I've tried to message him to see whether he actually he wanted to chip in on any of the points, but at least I just wanted to reach out and say hi. Hopefully he can hear us, and we have we have. Um, we have a whole, oh, we did have a whole six people actually joining us on the Facebook page, but um, that's gone down to four now, so I shouldn't have said that. So, yeah, it, it's kind of, I can, I can, I can, I can imagine how someone answering a phone in number 10 from someone from, someone from the media says, what's the department got to say about the fact that we haven't joined the EU joint procurement scheme? Um... And given a flippant or kind of terse response of, but we're not in the EU. Yeah. You know, obviously yeah. not, you know, either not being briefed or not understanding that we were, we actually, we, we had been welcomed to be in it, even though we aren't in the EU anymore. And that's a different argument I had with someone else. Um, and just to clarify, by the way, the, the, the things that I've seen about now's the time to kind of talk about rejoin, that isn't anybody from our local um, local party that I'm affiliated with, um, just to clarify that. Um, no, no, so, um, I, I, I think you should. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely no one that's that's in that's in the local party. No, so, um, no, not, not a Lib Dem, not a Lib Dem, yes, not one of us. Not, not um, one I mean, of you. you know, I, I don't know whether that person actually was in the party, but they're not in the local party. Nonetheless, anyway, so... 
I, I can, you can kind of see how that, but then the narrative is kind of run with, you know, the media kind of take that as, and and the you know, the the, um, the headline was made, wasn't it? Um, breathe, you know, Brexit before before breathing. So it's so it's kind of that that thing. So we kind of st- we kind of jumped ahead of ourselves. So we and that's my fault. We went to the EU wide procurement thing, but we kind of skipped past the ICO thing. Should we have a quick chat about that? Yeah, unless anybody that's on the Facebook Live, Malcolm Hughes has left the the, the meeting. Obviously, wasn't enjoying that. Oh, hang on, um, no. But, oh. Okay. Oh, he's on a desktop. He's got no camera on mic, but you can hear. Um, oh, well, this is lovely. Excellent, no problem. Um, so, um, this is where I try to do three things at once and muck them all up. Um, oh, God, I can't even type welcome. Right. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, so the the, the, so the Information Commissioner's Office, um, which mm. is the organisation who is responsible for data protection in the UK, um, has um, basically, they... They gave a um, a response on on Tuesday to basically say, um, and how this is again, this is this is kind of interesting, and how that's kind of been picked up by some of the some of the press is that the government are going to use our mobile phones to track and trace us in order to enable us to them to kind of track and trace who is and isn't infected, um, <clears throat> and some people are quite happy with that actually in the, in the situation that we're in, and and some people. To be fair, quite understandably, are concerns of the, uh, are, you know, of the libertarian concerns about actually the government having access to those sorts of things. To be fair, those are the sorts of things that, in South Korea and in China, that, that they were they were using that sort of technology to literally kind of trace people to help them trace down people that were infected. Um, mm. But when you actually read the statement from the Information Commissioner's Office, what they actually says is that the information is anonymized, so it's not attached to you as a person. Um, and it gives you um, location and uh, location and usage data um, with a twelve to twenty four hour delay. Yeah, so, uh, so well, it's an interesting. <laughs> and, and, and sorry to interrupt. And the, and the purpose of that being the idea of that being to see whether people are breaking the lockdown, not to track down the person that is and you know send them a you've been naughty text message or send someone knocking on the door, but to see are people breaking the lockdown well and and again it's where it's that it, it, it's i i guess at the moment it's of limited value mm-hmm. because if they see your mobile phone strolling about they don't actually know whether you are taking your daily constitutional or whether you are selling things door to door in a in an you know, in a curfew breaking style. So I, I think it's of limited data. And I, I, yeah. I think what this whole discussion talks to, it's very interesting, isn't it? Because you've got this sort of the role of state and central government versus your civil liberties, libertarian standpoint. And what I'm finding fascinating is that, you know, should the government be allowed to use mobile phone data to track, you know, where we're going and who we're meeting personally i have no problem with that at all in this current situation it doesn't bother me in the slightest but i know for many libertarians they're going to get purple and angry and and it's an outrage um but then there's the element of well you don't want the state to intervene but the state is intervening in the current situation with the you know, with the financial provisions, the support for business, the blah, 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 in a way that no state in, you know, this this is the most interventionist set of policies that we've ever seen in the UK. And it's that question, well, do you want the state to intervene or do you want it not to intervene? Or is it like a, a smorgasbord that you want to pick and choose? Well, you can't have your cake and eat it, remember? Well, uh, and this is where we, we will come on to that particular... And, and I would cake, argue, what is the point question. of having cake if you don't get to eat it? But. Well, it's a, I've always thought that, that statement is entirely wrong. You know, the old, you can't have your cake and eat it? it. I've always thought that that statement should be, you can't eat your cake and have it. I think, yeah, I think it's a how the translation works from the, because I think the etymology is that it's a French saying. Someone's going to point me out as being completely well, wrong. Well, it would be, wouldn't it? Um, it would be, wouldn't it? And basically... EU coming over here, messing with our sayings. But it, I think it... E- eating our cake. Stop it. 
Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. You're going to go off on a Daily Mail rant blaming um, I've, I've, Michel I've, Barnier I've, for infecting Boris Johnson next. Yeah, um, I think so. so <laughs> because so, he's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> what? Is it, how did this turn into a L'Oreal advert? So, well, it's Michel Barnier, isn't it? <laughs> right. Okay. Um, yeah. So... Yeah, so in, in in one respect, again, that's kind of an example of, on the face of it, if you don't look at the detail, it might actually sound quite a scary thing, and we should be alert to it, because, it, you know, at the end of the day, not everybody would be happy with government overreach, but it sounds very much that actually when you look at the detail on this one, that isn't what's happening. What's happening is something yep. that's a very, very limited use. Um, so the next issue that we wanted to, that we had on our on our list, and I'm trying to I'm trying to encourage anybody that's either listening to us or chatting to us in the on the Facebook live uh, stream to whether they want to chat, pop, pop a comment on there that they'd like us to discuss, or whether they'd actually like to join the call live, whether by phone or by Zoom, um, to actually join in any any of those particular comments. Um, you are more than welcome. Just uh, ping me a message. But the next issue, the next comment that we had was about so, um, so the PM and Matt Hancock, the health secretary, um, tested positive for coronavirus on the 27th of March. And on the same day, uh, the chief medical officer, uh, Chris Whitty, um, self isolated because he's presenting symptoms. Um, and then yep. yesterday, um, the Scottish Secretary, the Secretary of Skate, oh, the Secretary of Skate. No, we're in Portsmouth, but we're not talking about skates. The Secretary of State for Scotland, Alistair Jack. Thankfully, there aren't any too many S's in his name. Otherwise, I'd completely be messed up. Um, he's self-isolated because he's he's presenting symptoms of coronavirus. So, and of course, his his Royal Highness Prince Charles has been tested positive for coronavirus. Um, so do we think that that tells us that these people aren't following their own advice or is it just simply telling us actually this thing spreads really easily and lots of people are going to get it unless we're really careful? Can you hear me? I can. Marvellous. Um, so I dropped out. I, I did hear most of that. I, I think it's for me, it's, you know, there was a fascinating piece of work by the Oxford University that believes that more than 50% of the population has already had it. And I think that for me speaks to just how contagious, you know, this, 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 this bug is. And, you know, it does seem like a very strange virus in that some people, you know, it, it's, it's, it's either asymptomatic or it's nothing more than a couple of sniffles. And to the older or the immunocompromised, it's devastating. Um, so, you know, I, I look at it and, and I guess the other thing that, that I do wonder about is before we started getting really kind of uptight about social distancing and uh, as we should have done, you know, have people... You know, have people been incubating it for longer than we think they have? You know, they caught it a couple of weeks ago and are now presenting symptoms. Um, well, I mean, if there are, the the WHO and the government advice is, is, is flawed in that respect. But I guess their advice is being led by the science that they've got and by the data that they've mm. got. So um, I can't speak, you know, I don't, I don't have sight of that data. So I, I can't, I can't um, speak to that. But it seems that, um, you know, our, our knowledge of the virus, I guess, evolves over time as as i suppose actually the virus itself does hopefully it doesn't evolve into anything um particularly more pernicious but um it's um the, the, you know i guess from the outset um what the what the government was saying and what the um the chief medical officer was saying is that it is highly infectious it is really mm. easy to spread i mean the, is it the average person infects 2.5 people it's about um, that, yeah. So, um, you know, so at the end of the day, that's that, you know, that's that's, you know, a sufficiently high kind of infection rate that, uh, and you think of all of the interactions. So, whether that means that, um, despite taking the advice that um, that they'd been given, giving out, um, that they still got it or not, it, it you know, it's at the end of the day, um, 
some people want to make hay about whether um, whether the you know the, the stuff that the PM said a couple of weeks about ago about um, shaking hands with um, coronavirus patients um, and um, you know um, I think someone reported somewhere about Prince Charles you know not follow not you know maybe not following advice yeah. but at the end of the day I don't again I don't know how that helps anybody at this point all that helps us because we can't change the fact that they've got it um, and at the yep. end of the day, I wish them all a speedy um, and pain-free recovery um all that the lesson surely for the rest of us is that we need to be as careful as we're being advised to be and and this is why we need to be following the advice that we're being given um yeah and 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 do those things because um you know what and uh, and that's where if you look at the stats so we are at the point where the growth curve is increasing and and you know tragically we are seeing more people die each day and there is an element of we are not at the peak yet. So there, there is a piece where even with all the precautions, you still might get it. Or, you know, and again, the Italian health minister was on this morning and he had been quite poorly with it. But he's, he's a doctor. Um, he's come out the other side. He's perfectly well. But his wife and his young child who he lives with, you know, and was living in close proximity with them before he realized that he had the disease, um, neither of them caught it. So there is an element where the precautions that we take give you a better chance of not getting it. Mm-hmm. But, it but it seems clear to me that you might get it even if you take all reasonable precautions. Yeah, I, I guess the whole thing is about managing the likelihood, isn't it? You're you're doing everything you can to... Yeah. To, and to be fair, with, like with every medical intervention um, and every... Um, a hygiene measure you are decreasing your likelihood of catching xyz you're not um you're not entirely removing the possibility because there'll always be something but yeah and that's the thing isn't it look you said you went to the corner shop mm-hmm. and you're a sensible fellow so you grasped let's say you bought your packet of wheat crunchies from the corner shop and you carried them home and you put them in your cupboard and you then did the right thing. You went and washed your hands and did all the right things. Well, you don't know that the person before you picked up the pack of wheat crunchies, said, oh, do I fancy the wheat crunchies? No, put them back on the shelf. And if that person was properly COVIDed right up, there are potentially COVID viruses all over your bag of wheat crunchies. And whilst you took all sensible precautions, when later that day you decide it's wheat crunchy time, there's every chance as you rip the bag open and start shoveling wheat crunchies into your slavering maw, that, that you've, you've done it, haven't you? Um, well, yeah. Um, Other crisp brands can do you I was going to say, well, but, um, with, I haven't got a bag of wheat crunchies, um, but... Um, yeah, I mean, you want you want one now, though, don't but, you? Um, a, a bit, to be fair. Um, I'd rather yeah. ha- I'd rather have a nice apple, though. Um, so um, I'm going to try at least to pretend to be good. So, um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, that I mean that kind of I, I think that's yeah that one kind of nails that on that on the head, doesn't it? At the end of the day, you, you're going to do everything you can to remove um the or to, sorry to limit the the chances of um spread but this is why we've got all these measures in place to reduce yeah. and reduce and reduce rather than entirely because the only way to entirely remove is to lock yourself in your house and not have any contact with anything in the you know from the outside world so not receive any deliveries of anything not receive yep. any mail not um you know obviously not um not to meet anybody um not to have anyone round you know all of those sorts of things um you know, all of these, obviously, you know, some people are ordering lots of, you know, stuff online. Um, the, um, the, you know, are we wiping down our boxes from Amazon with anti, anti, you know, no. well, anti, I would say antibacterial, but that's not kind of what we want, is it? But, you know, we'll that- be doing that because, you know, because that's, you, you could kind of get like that, but there, there we go. So, you know, um, and I, th- I, I, th- I think the, the, without kind of wishing to wishing to open up the whole kind of Pandora's box, the whole kind of point is that, yeah, of course it's bloody right that they got tested. Yeah. What should be happening, obviously, is that the people on the front line are getting tested as well. We need them to be tested. But those five people being tested didn't, 
you know, uh, it wouldn't have made a demonstrable difference to, you know, to a, to a shift of nurses, midwives, um, cleaners in the hospital or doctors. Um, at the end of the day, we, we need to be able to have the ability to, to, you know, to ramp up that testing of them to see whether they've got the virus or the antibody testing to see whether they've had the virus. Um, and obviously, the, the you know, there's kind of questions about the, about the PPE. But um, yeah, I think that one doesn't kind of give us anywhere. So the, so our next one was about the uh, about the the COVID the coronavirus contingencies act 2020 is a whole uh, 342 pages. Yep. Um and it provides all sorts of um all, all sorts of legislative powers um to the government and there was a the the only kind of pushback I think from uh, um, from the rest of Parliament was that the the government wanted the ability to, for these powers to last for two years, but the pushback from Parliament was that they needed to they had a sunset clause that needed to be reviewed after six months. Yeah, which seems kind of entirely. I've got a clip. Um, you're gonna you're gonna um, hopefully you'll you'll take this as playful. I've got a, a, a small clip of the of the PM talking about um, talking about this. Um, and if I scroll through seventeen different pages, here it is now. You give me, I will lay down when this crisis has abated. I don't know if you very, you're a very bad person, you're a very, <laughs> very bad person. But, but it's interesting, isn't it? Because this is another one that speaks to the you know libertarian versus state discussion. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, the, the government started from a very libertarian standpoint that said, Look, folks. Can we just be sensible, please, and self-isolate and social distance? And could you just all possibly do that, please? And that would really help. So very light touch from government. You know, take some personal responsibility. Come on, Simon, grab some tinnies. Let's all go down the seafront for a big night out. Well, yeah, as my as right. my dad is fond of saying. Um, just because they call it common sense, it doesn't necessarily mean it's all that common. No. And so you say, okay, chaps, you didn't get that. So I'm going to be a bit more insistent as a government and say, right, going out to buy food and medicines, check, going out for your daily walk, check, maintain social distancing, check. Let's see if you can manage that. And if we can manage that, and that slows the virus down sufficiently so that we can get people in, you know, and again, we've got to be transparent about this. It's not a case of people not getting it. It's allowing enough people to get it so that they can get it, get well again, get out of hospital and make the bed free for the next person who gets it. You know, that's, that is the, that is fundamentally within the game plan. So the answer is if people can't do that, well, the government has to have the legislation there to be able to up the big brotheriness of it all. You know, and ultimately, if people still can't play by the rules or we have to put in some really serious rules, then you've got to, ha you've got to have the legislation to hand to be able to do that at a click of your fingers, not have a two-day debate on it, which ultimately will lead to more people dying. And I know that probably makes libertarians fairly unhappy, but there's an element of, well, sorry, old chums, your your method was method one, and that clearly didn't work. Well, I, I think, see, I I think it's right that we have reservations um, about enacting policies like these, and especially, you know, poli you know, um, pieces of legislation with the sorts of powers that um, that this act does. Um, but I do think it's entirely right that it has a fairly limited sunset clause in the sense that it, it, it you know, it, it has to be reviewed um, so that it doesn't yep. give, you know, doesn't give, to be honest, self-perpetuating powers to to the executive to be able to do do what the hell they like. Um, that, you know, but we are we are in a crisis. We are in um we are in extraordinary times uh, and for extraordinary times, you, yes, you do need to take extraordinary measures, but they do need to be proportionate. Um, yeah, I, and some of the, some of the kind of the lag between what the government are asking people to do and what's actually happening or the percentage, if you like, of compliance with what the government are asking them to do. Some of the difference is 
to be blunt, confusion because some some you know some some kind of finer detail needs to be worked out. And sometimes where these things are announced so quickly, the fine detail has has had to be worked up after the event, which is a natural I think a natural thing from the situation. Um, but another bit is there are always going to be some people that will just are just determined not to follow that that guidance. You know, it's still called guidance because rather yeah. than saying you are not allowed, you must, you know, rather than saying it is illegal for you to go do this, we're still using language of it's guidance because we're relying on us, on our, we rely on each other as, our, as a society to look out for each other. And the only way we do that is by protecting each other. And one of the simplest ways yep. we can do that, I mean, we all stood on our doorsteps on Thursday night and clapped for the NHS, but, you know, quite simply, as it's been said elsewhere, the greatest thing we can do right now to make life that tiny bit easier for for um, for the workers in the NHS right now is to do what we're being asked to bloody do. What we're being asked to do isn't, and, and I'm going to quote Piers Morgan, which strike me down. Oh. Um you know, we're not being asked to go sit in a tank or storm Normandy. We're being asked to sit at home and watch Netflix. So, um, you know, go on. Yeah, uh, no, no, I think you're absolutely right. And again, one one thing I saw today, uh, and again, look, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm writing my blog and it, it got a bit miserable this weekend because I'll be honest, I, I do not enjoy being indoors. It does not work for me at all. Um. You know, and, and it's it's the point where I was just, oh, for God's sake, you know. And again, I've been doing this for 14 days now, not not um, seven, because I'm in one of the higher risk groups. And I saw a piece on the, um, uh, it was a Facebook post, but it, it made me think. Anne Frank didn't have Netflix. No, she didn't. I mean, to be fair, I did see a really trite comparison that someone tried to make of um, and I don't know whether they were whether this was just really kind of bad attempts at humour, but they were saying, "Who'd have thought that one day we'd understand what it was like to live like Anne Frank?" And it was just, and, really, we're, we're not being we're not living like Anne Frank. We're, no one's hunting and, us down. No one's you know, no one's. And I just thought it was beautiful by comparison yeah. to say, if you think we've got it bad, yeah, with the full run of your house and having to go out, you know, limited to going out once a day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've got stuff like this where we can ask about on the internet and we can chat to people virtually and we can, you know, we've got more entertainment at the touch of our button or, a, you know, a voice command. You compare that and you think, do you know what? Better perspective, eh? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that there are some people that are, you know, obviously that that will be really struggling with this situation for a variety of reasons, whether that's um, from loneliness, whether that's from yep. access to the things that they need, whether that's, um, you know, they're worried about, um, you know, the money situation because they don't, you know, because, you know, um, it is a fast moving, all of the announcements that the, you know, the Chancellor Exchequer yep. made last week, all of, all of those sorts of things that they, they might not, um, be aware of how those things can help them or, or they might be one of those people that has kind of fallen through the, through the cracks a bit but there there are there are going to be people that will be um that will be frightened and be anxious and and that you know and today it is a it is a to be, to be blunt it's it, it is a it is a frightening time and it's yeah. okay to be frightened it's okay to to be anxious um but what it's not okay to be is to be a bit of a dick uh, and go around being horrible to other people or go around and, you know, some of these people that, um, you know, um, coughing or spitting in shop oh, workers okay. or police officers' faces. At the end of the day, what sort of a person do you have, do you have to be? Really? Come on. Um, we can do, we, we, we are so much better than this. But yeah, it's, uh, I think it's right that don't, we should be wary about legislation don't. like this. Yep. But it, 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 we have to do this right now because at the end of the day, that is, you know, what's the alternative? You know, we, we keep, uh, uh, you know, the government can't be guilty of me. moving too fast and moving too slow at the same time, surely. Yeah, and I think, you know, look, six month sunset clause, I think we can all nod at that and say, yep, that makes absolute sense. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do the right thing. What do you got next on your list, Simon? Because so, time is moving. It, it is moving. Time on. flies we're, we're, like an arrow and fruit flies like a banana. What? <laughs> um, time, time. Time flies like an arrow, and fruit flies like a banana. Okay, do all do all 
fruit anyway sorry you you look you've, you've, you've distracted me again so okay so the next one fruit fr- fruit flies fruit oh for god's sake yeah yeah, yeah. <sighs> sorry everybody um okay so um this week saw the last prime minister's questions that will be attended by jeremy corbyn as the leader of the opposition yeah um and in an interview um earlier in the week he made this statement well he well this he made he said this I was denounced as somebody that wanted to spend more money than we could possibly afford in order to right the social wrongs of this country. I didn't think that it would take only three months for me to be proved absolutely right. I was denounced as somebody that wanted to spend more money than... I think we got it the first time. We don't need to hear it. Shut up, Jeremy. I... Right. So here you are. Brace yourself. This might might stink. You're going to agree with him, right? No. (laughs) Okay. I am yes yes I'm going to agree with him absolutely he was right and if we would you know it is very clear that we should have adopted Labour's policies on spending much much sooner because after all what could possibly go wrong when I was a lad a teenager I got my first credit card and you know what that meant it meant that I could go out on a Friday night with some cash in my pocket. I could go and have a few beers. I could go to the curry house afterwards. And my mates would chip in with cash and I'd pay the bill on my credit card. And then I had cash in hand to go out on Saturday night for a few beers. And then I'd go with my mates to the curry house and they'd chip in some cash. And I'd pay the bill on my credit card. And then my credit card bill arrived and I was in bother. So the Treasury has rightly opened up the floodgates and pumped an insane amount of money into the economy to basically keep us functioning as a society. If the madman Corbyn, magic granddad fool, is saying that that's what he would have done, and I have no doubt he would have done that, the credit card bill will still come. That still has to be paid back. And I don't want to darken the mood because it's dark enough as it is. But the number of people who are crowing and doing, oh, yeah, well, they're so austerity. Yeah, austerity. Yeah, they've managed to find the magic money tree now, haven't they? If you didn't like the austerity post-2008, you are not going to like the austerity post-2020. Because all of the money that's been spent is being borrowed. And I have yet to find any kind of economic arrangement where if you borrow the money, you don't have to pay it back. So for Corbyn to crow about, oh, well, three months I've been proved right. Yeah, you've been proved absolutely right. You are feckless, irresponsible. Thank God we never let your scrawny socialist ass into government. And now please go back to the back benches and let us never hear from your miserable, shrew-faced, goat-headed nonsense ever again. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> um, wow, Ian. Um, I, okay, so you're definitely and not that's the edited. That is the edited version with most of my rage taken out. Jesus. Um, okay, so, um, well, um, Nicola's now just joining the um joining the facebook so she's missed that um so although she's probably heard that live hasn't she at your end so i um, think she probably has so um i i i'm i'm trying desperately here so you know we 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 talked about kind of not making not trying to make you know about it's right to challenge um what the government of the day are doing in in a positive and constructive way in a time of crisis um uh, okay, I'm going to try and balance my remarks um, in the following way that makes dancing look easy. So, um, yeah, I do find it like so many things, unfortunately, that he said, um, they don't kind of play back very well when you actually kind of listen to them. And to be fair, I've extracted that, but I've not, you know, I've not clipped a sentence out of context. I've nope. taken a, I've taken a response. Um, and... Um, Stuart Prince is reminding us that we can't judge all socialism on Corbyn, and no, it, and it, and exactly that's the case. And to be fair, 
his argument in the general, if I understood his, this is where I'm going to get into the strange situation of partially defending the Labour Party manifesto. So that might be quite difficult. I might find myself without a political party come Monday. So Give it a go, sunshine. <laughs> so um, as I understood their what their financial arrangements were in their in their um, 2019 manifesto they weren't suggesting that you um that you borrow to fund day-to-day spending they were suggesting that you borrow to invest which to be fair is something that actually the cameron government said they they would do kind of years ago so it's in that respect i kind of want to kind of dial back the kind of thing of um Borrowing to invest, but, absolutely but borrowing, wise but, you thing know, to do. In that respect, so in that, so in that respect, I think I think that's right. But there is yep. a difference between. I, I think you've got to make a bit of a leap legit logically to equate what you want to do as your normal method of operating your government is the way that the government operates in a crisis and how the country responds in a crisis. So to push the panic button and, and open out the floodgates of loads of money from the Treasury um, in a crisis, like the situation that we are facing now, is an entirely different situation to how you kind of... And it will be for someone from the Labour Party to argue about how they would how they would suggest that they, they could fund all of the things that they, they wanted to do. Um but yeah, I, think I, I me, just think that there's those two things are entirely different. It's in, it's apples and oranges. How we yeah. re, how the how the government and how the country and how the treasury should be responding in in a crisis, whether that's financial or um, health, a health crisis um, yeah. like we, what we're facing at the moment, um, that is going to impact the economy because basically the, the economy is being wound down deliberately at this point um, for entirely justifiable reasons. Um, yeah is a different situation to kind of have. So I, I just kind of don't think that's like saying, um, I want to give everyone a free umbrella and here you are, look, it's raining. You've just put an umbrella up. That proves that I'm right. It's it's just, it's cynical I'm, opportunism. Ooh. And there is an element of, but but I think it, mm. for me, it just shows the irresponsibility of Corbynomics, which is that, it is just spend, 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 and have no consideration of how that might be paid back. And, you know, the Conservative government has done it because we are in crisis. It is not the right thing to do, to spend more than you earn and burden future generations with the job of paying that back. Now, to your point, this we have had to do because we're in crisis. For him to say, well, if we, and again, I'm going to reword what he said. If I was in government and we weren't in crisis, I would still be spending at these feckless and irresponsible levels because that's the right thing to do. Man's man's a fool, a dangerous, dangerous fool. I, I didn't think you were a fan, um, but as, um, to be fair, as, uh, as, Stuart Prince continues to make, continues to make a point in the chat room. Um, he is now passing back to the backbenches into yep. um, you know into obscurity. And next is it next week the Labour Party will be announcing via yep, email the fourth. Their um, well, I, I don't know why they didn't go for the first. Um, it's available. Um, they'll be announcing their new leader. Um, I, I I understand that they've asked them all to record a video of an acceptance speech. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that works out. Um, and, um, that will be kind of interesting. Um, the Lib Dems have put off their leadership contest till next year. Yeah. Um, so, um, so we had a couple kind of left, so I might actually kind of drop one off and leave. We're going to have to, my friend, yeah. we are 59 and a half minutes in and, yeah. um, so and, um, can we quickly well, answer one, that- do you think, or? What have we got left? So the the well the one that we've got left that we could quickly talk about is in this time of crisis. What do we want? What do we actually want our politicians to be doing? Oh no, let's save that for next week. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna leave that one in the oven. We're gonna let that because let's face it, it's there's still going gonna be anywhere. lots of COVID nineteen stuff next week. I would think. Um, Won't sadly, be sorted yes. by then. Yes. So, um, no. Okay. So, well, that's been a good one. Well, it, we've had a good number of people watching the stream on Facebook. So that's been really, really good. Um, good to see. And despite kind of initial 
worries about the technology. Hopefully that's that's worked quite well for everybody. But And I'd, I'd like to encourage all of our watchers and listeners to take the bravery pill. So come on next week. You could be that first caller, the first unplanned caller to chip in. So we'd yeah. love to hear from you because you've been listening to the Pompey Politics Podcast. Blue and yellow till we die. Yeah, that last bit really doesn't play well at all at the moment, does it? But we're gonna we'll stick really, with it. No. I'm still Ian Tiny Morris. And I am still Simon Sansbury. Stay safe, everybody. Keep distant. <laughs>